Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man of Denver, a uh, killer who um, uh, was came to fame for his dastardly deeds in Denver, Colorado. We're going to tell you all about that. Uh, but before we do, I'd like to remind everyone that we are a comedy podcast, and we use adult language at times. Mostly Brandy does. But uh, if adult language offends you, what should they do, Colonel? Just hit the fucking door. Just don't don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Or you could try the one of the <laughs> other fine, independently produced podcasts, that uh, such as already gone, where uh, Nina does not swear on that podcast. So she does yeah. not, but you know it, it doesn't stop her from swearing like a sailor when she gets on here. I listened to uh, Dreaming with Nina the other night. It's pretty good. That's her other podcast. You know, Did I, you I drift keep... off to sleep. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure you know the sleeping pills help with that, but. They it's actually do. pretty good. I I didn't realize she had like covered topics. I thought it was just like meditation or something, but it's actually per- mm-hmm. really good. So check out uh, it's dreaming with Nina. I keep wanting to say sleeping with Nina, but sleeping um, with she, Nina. Yeah, yeah. I, I think actually, I a, told her. I told her she she got she slowed down on those a little when I told her that men were using those for uh, self pleasure, Timmy. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, <laughs> uh, just to put that thought in her head, Jesus. Timmy. It's a, I'm always trying to get a leg up on the competition, Timmy. I always I understand, Colonel. You you always have our best interest mm. in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I we have going... Benjamin Fitton at They Walk Red, Among Timmy? Us. Oh, They Walk, they walk among, among Us. Yeah, they got a new season well, out fine. too. They do. And ben is like a I mean, he's like Nina. They're writing books. They're on TV. They're making movies. <laughs> multimedia stars. Too. Here we are, six years <sighs> in, and ain't, all we can manage. Nobody is, wants to talk to us. Well, we you? made some internet list as the one of the top serial killer podcasts out there, but 
I don't know if that was legit or just like someone made it up, you know, in their basement or something. Whatever. Somebody, yeah. blog. We'll take and it. And, you know, I don't know that we cover that many serial killers. We usually cover people that are just kind of weird. You know what? Off their rock a little hey, bit. Hey, take the win. We all need it. Just take the we win. We will take the win. We finally made a list. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the 10 suckiest true crime podcast. And that's <laughs> and for that, we are grateful. And, you know, to me, uh, uh, Another podcast I was chatting with, I said, you know, we 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 do all right, and this is where I kind of kind of humble brag a little bit, Timmy. But he sh- showed me a screenshot on uh, uh from listening it tracks, you know, your audience and everything else. And believe it or not, Timmy, we're in the top one percent of t- true crime podcasts. I know, you know that's that? really I I keep. I mean, I know. I've seen that. I've seen that stat before. <laughs> that tells you about the affair, about the state of affairs of true crime <laughs> podcasts right now. Wow. Well, you know, well, it also, I also wonder how, you know, six years in, we're not making money off this damn thing. Well, yeah. What scares me to me is, uh, we are like so the many worst people out there just listen. People. Yeah, I mean, no, we got a lot of lovely listeners, and and uh, uh, you know, we got loyal listeners, and that's you know, that's amazing. We do have people support us on Patreon, which is very appreciative. Well, do you know why people listen to us? Why they want to hear the fucking story? Can we move (laughs) forward? Yeah, I get that when I read the reviews that people tend to say that we talk too much and not about. Well, you know what I don't get to me is people say. Too much banter. Well, motherfucker, how much banter did you listen to? Because it's generally 20, 30 minutes before we get into the story. So if you don't, it, it it's like ta- it's like walking out of your door, Timmy, and it's raining as hard as you've ever seen. And someone says, I took a walk, but I got soaking wet. Well, that's your fault, motherfucker. Yeah. Stop the podcast. That's if amazing. you don't like it, stop it. Go home. You know? We're if you don't like spaghetti, taste. don't go into a goddamn Italian restaurant. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's life advice from the colonel. Well, we were in a You talk- should know, it's it's like going to church. To me, and you know, I I go to church regularly. Oh, yeah. You're, and I, I have course. to tell the pastor all the time, why does your sermons take so damn long? You got five minutes, ten minutes. If you don't hook me in the first ten minutes, you ain't going to hook me. So Get to the point, right? On. Get to, Yeah, just get to the damn point here. There ain't oh nothing God. you can say in 30 minutes that you can't wrap up in 10. And they tend to like to talk in parables and stuff, but, you know, give me, can I get like an outline or something? You have, yeah, there is a there is an outline, and you can get the outline in every hotel room across this great nation of ours. <laughs> the good Gideon people? Yeah, yeah maybe uh, I left an need to spend more time at Econo Lodge. I spent some time yeah. in Econo Lodges before. Of course you have. But we should probably get to brandy time because get that we out should, of the way. We should, but let me say, kind of a... I stayed at a La Quinta in Indianapolis once, and it was a dump. But, you know, I'm That's sure they... amazing. I stayed at a I'm sure they're better now, so I'm not saying anything bad about La Quinta in 2020. I just mean, like, this is probably 1987, and it stuck with me for that long brandy. Was it by the hour? No, I mean, it was a, I don't know. It was just in a bad part of town. It was just not a good hotel. But I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fine now. I stayed at a Super 8 one time to me, and they had an orange 
electrical extension cord running from the wall over to the air conditioner and then they had a little tiny fridge in there that was plugged into that too (laughs) that's right do you guys remember i I had to step around it every time i got out of the damn bed well that's ridiculous but do you guys remember um the vibrating beds oh yeah Yeah. oh you never had enough quarters for those never oh my god Amazing. You just put the woman on top and just hold the hips and. I mean, I, that, that, I'm that remembering Laquina, it from my childhood, so thank you. That Laquinta I was talking about. I wouldn't be surprised if they Laquinta. I wouldn't be surprised if they had vibrating beds because it was that kind of hotel. And I was looking in the um, mini bar and just trying to trying to estimate how long that Snicker bar has been. You. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you got into the mini bar at a La Quinta Inn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was hungry. Awesome. It was cold out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I swear, Donna, it's probably, it's probably there the like Donna 12 years. The party even passed up the... the <laughs> yeah, they okay, we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of the Donner party, we got... You know, we did a poll about a few months back and asked folks on our on our Facebook page... And asked them what topics they would like for us to cover. And Don- the Donner Party finished first. Well, here we are months later, and I'm almost done with the script. So it's the first time hearing of it, so perfect. Yeah. I haven't forgot about it, guys. I didn't see that poll. I, I didn't see that poll. Uh, it was back Facebook in page has been shut down. So that yeah. gives you yeah. an idea, but we do have the friends of history, fans of history dweebs. Yeah, fans Facebook of the history. Facebook page if you want to find yeah. us. Yeah. All right. Join us. Okay, let's, let's get, get started. I want to introduce uh, a lady who is known throughout the land, Colonel, as Brandy the Benevolent. She is loved. She is. She has many followers, and uh, she used to be pill popping and penis loving, but no more. She's Brandy the Benevolent. Her Majesty. Although you know, many hmm? of her followers to me are law enforcement. So. <laughs> Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? Oh, Timmy, you know, it really has been. I mean, Chuck's had a hell of a week. I've had a hell of a week. It's just been, past couple of weeks have just been really messed up. But um, I want to give a shout out. We had a death in the family. So I want to get a shout out to my cousins that came down or came here for the funeral. And, uh, I also want to give a shout out to my cousin Jenny's husband, Steve Miller. Today is his birthday. and Oh, happy birthday, Steve. Yeah, and he couldn't make it down for the funeral. They had a bunch of stuff going on back up at the house. And so I uh, just wanted to say happy birthday. And, you know, you should come down and you should come down sometime and visit us. So, And uh, well, what's your cousin's name? This was a death in your family, you? devil? There was, it was kind of a peripheral death. Like it was my aunt's okay. ex-husband who was, you know, obviously oh, my okay. uncle for a long time. Um, and they're my yeah. cousin. It was my cousin's father's father. So, um, so yeah, we all went and it was, it kind of was what it was. It was a lot of church people and, you know, people I hadn't seen in 30 years. So that was kind of weird, but well, if they're church people, I'm sure I think I haven't seen them in a long time. Long time. Uh, what's your What's your cousin's <laughs> yeah, long, names long. that you're giving shout outs to? Uh, Jenny Miller, 
Jackie Durkle and Julie. Julie by no means listens to this podcast, but I think Jenny and Jackie catch it every once in a while. Okay. Do you know who I think deserves a shout out? Who? I think your friend Stephanie. She does. Because I think the only thing keeping... The only thing separating you from Lucasville, if they have a women's wing in there, I don't think they have a women's wing in Lucasville, but I might be wrong. I think that's only. It might be. It's a thin line. You know, Uh, the only thing that's keeping. I know. And probably the only thing keeping Stephanie out. You know, it's it's one of those things where you'd expect a, 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 a sum of the parts to be, you know, just tremendously evil and whatever. But you seem to be, uh, Fairly well behaved because you go to the cabin, remove yourself from society, and uh, I do. don't cause problems for people. For the benefit of all. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie deserves a shout out all the time. There's, She is definitely my ride or die. And uh, she, deserves, she deserves all of the credit for anything, all, anything all that I am... Definitely. Right now, that is halfway decent. She deserves all She's that. She's basically credit. the wind beneath your wings. Because she I was thinking is. about that the other yeah, day. Maybe, I saw maybe sing a little bit of that, a... Colonel. Can you sing a little bit of that? Please don't. Why? No. Why ruin this? Did you ever know, Stephanie, that you are a hero? <laughs> you everything? Okay. So, because, no, I was thinking the other day, you know, we've known each other a long, long time, though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and we're friends. Mm. And and being being friends with you is not always easy. But oh, I was thinking mm-hmm. what it must be like to be your best friend. That's just got to be brutal. It's got to be brutal. She yeah. and Stephanie really so. takes one for the team, for all of us. Yeah. Well, probably. So that's, yep, that's, that's my girl. And she's she's got a new job, and I hate her new job because I never get to see her. But, you know. She's she's taking care of her business, so I respect the hell out of it. Is so. she still in Columbus? Yeah, Cebus. Yeah. Yes, she's well, still in Columbus. We've we've gone on quite a bit with Devil Time. To me. Yeah, we well, have. I mean, part of it was Stephanie Time, so that's cool. But yeah, the that's Devil cool. Time is yeah. a little bit too much. Uh, let me introduce a man who is uh, well, Brandy. He's been called in an oasis in the desert of despair. People turn to him in these troubled times of the pandemic, and you know, condos collapsing, and I mean, Jesus people Christ. are lost. People are lost, and it's comforting to millions who know that they can always turn to uh, our our good friend. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Oh, I'm not good, Timmy. No, I'm not good. What's wrong? What's wrong? Well, Timmy, some ne'er do well stole mm-hmm. my car. Stole your that car. Stole my car, Timmy. Stole my car in front of my house. Sitting in front of my house, Timmy. Minding its own business. Minding its own business. And then decided to up that game and use it in a drive-by homicide, Timmy. So I was uh, I was a little, uh, little aggravated and agitated by that. I mean, you want to take my car for a joyride, whatever, you know. 
Mm-hmm. But you don't have to shoot people out the window. And in the course of shooting people out the window, get shot back at and have bullet holes in my car and <laughs> put a self-inflicted wound. Well, and, and, and apparently one person shot out the car and in the midst of shooting out the car at somebody else, actually shot my car themselves. Well, see, and that's just rude. I mean, you know, they should have... <clears throat> They should take responsibility for that because, you know, it's not theirs. No. I mean, they should should have brought it back with a tank full of gas. (laughs) Yeah, they should. Well, and how many people were killed by in this uh, drive by, Colonel? I mean, uh, we're not kidding about this. This is true. No, it's true. It was a it was a 16 year old, Uh, a 16 year old boy that was killed. and, And it's a terrible feeling. It really is. And. You know, you just feel that Jesus Christ, the sixteen-year-olds getting shot, and you know, a couple nights later, there was another sixteen-year-old shot, and it's there were a big shooting just, at the banks last we, night downtown. Was Cincinnati. there really? Yeah, like two people were killed and three others were shot. Do um, yeah, did they catch the, the banks? Guys? Is like an entertainment. They have not, yeah. but but I have a lot of faith in the Cincinnati the Cincinnati Police Department. They are. I got to go to the crime tech garage where they, you know, take everything apart. And, and that's kind of and, interesting. And they it's, ask it's, for your fingerprints, I understand. Well, Timmy, they have those they, on file. <laughs> they do. Actually, Timmy, that's where I had to drop the drop my head a little bit. And, <laughs> and he said, I'll have to take you in and get your fingerprints so we can eliminate, you know, all of yours that pop up on the car. And I said, well, sir, I'm... I'm Obviously, in, um, in in the system. <laughs> so if mine get a hit, you know, if mine show up, they will be in there. And I was I, I was a little shamed, and then he started laughing. He hit my social security number on his phone. They can do that right from the phone now. And and my whole history pulled up, and he was he 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 congratulated me. He said you've been uh he said you've been pretty good lately. He said, you've been good for a long time. And I said, well, you know, I'm getting a little, I'm getting up there a little bit, but maybe I'm due for one. I'm due for one, Timmy. I'm saving up for a big one. So, so yeah. So it's, so then I had to go out and buy another car and buying another car is never a pleasant experience. And I, Timmy, I have owned, I don't like change. Like a couple of years ago, weren't you? It was an attempted carjacking, Timmy. They tried. I know. They tried. You you chased them down. Sometimes you think to me that you're coming upon a playful dolphin and it turns out to be a tiger shark to me. And that's what this man ran into. This young boy, he was 22. And, you know, there's a reason that old lions are still around. To me, it's because the young lions can't steal their cars. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. You need to move. The suburbs, that's that's the two words you need to. Well, you know, they uh, so far in this whatever altercations going on, there's about seven stolen cars involved. In, in, the, in the shootings? Yeah, in, uh, in these two. It's it, it's between gangs, you know. And, uh, and four of them have come from Montgomery to me, which if, if you're from around here, you know, is a very upscale old money place. And... Um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's tough out there. People just be safe. Just be safe. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. And don't shoot my car. 
don't shoot my car. Or don't I, shoot I, anyone. I don't. Your- I don't like. You know, I don't like change to me. And and I I realized as I was sitting at the dealership since 1997, I have bought one car to me. <laughs> I bought a car <laughs> in 1997. Yeah, and then you know when that car died. I bought another one. So I have owned two cars since 1997. So this is number three. This will be number three. This is number three. I think in that time, Renee's probably had, you know, six cars, seven cars, eight cars. I don't know. She's like Jay Leno with her cars. Um, Well, I'm I'm sorry that your car was stolen, and I'm sorry that it was used in uh, homicide, but. Well, you know. You know, it, it, it. it, it kind of puts things in perspective because I used to yell at Logan when he'd take my car and bring it back without gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at that kind of, pales in, <laughs> yeah, it kind of pales in comparison to taking it and, you know, getting it all shot up. So, oh, so I, well, I have to be a well, little I easier a better, on the boy. I hope you have a better week this week, Colonel. Me too, Timmy. Knock on wood. So, But all you right. just roll with the punches. That's how I became, you know. The happy-go-lucky man I am, Timmy. Because it's my job, Timmy, not to be that's crushed how by you, the world. That's how you've avoided being on meds your whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Timmy, see, it's not my job. See, I don't have time to let life get me down because the world is so hard on other people, Timmy. And as you said, they look to me for their and you, inspiration. And you always walk on the sunny side of the street, Colonel. I do. I do. So that's uh that's where I'm at right now. So if you have any, you know, personal problems or whatever, you can uh you can turn to the colonel still. You know, I'm not down. Life hasn't beaten me. Well, I'm 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 glad that uh everything's worked out for you, Colonel. Now you have an, a new ride. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, let's it's talk a let's talk about the Spider-Man of Denver to make our people who review our podcast happy because they say it takes some time for us to get to the story and i think we're so far we're only what how far are we in brandy we're 20 minutes in. oh we're only about 20 okay. minutes and we're uh, doing good a better a little better theodore coney's was a poor sickly young man who became a notorious killer and became known as the spider-man of denver ever been to denver colonel Mile High City, Timmy. Of course Ma, I've been the to Mile That's the home City. of the Broncos. Home yeah. of the Broncos. Home of Ben. Want to give a shout out to yeah, Ben Yeah, Ben Dobrovich, yeah. Yeah. Theodore Coney's was born on November 10th, 1882. So I don't guess he was born, his, his mother probably wasn't pregnant during the holidays, was she, Brandy? Uh, probably not. And he was born in Petersburg, Illinois, to T.H. Coney's, a Canadian immigrant colonel. I know you are not, you're not too far, uh, you're not really fond of immigrants from Canada, are you, Colonel? Um, No, I think we should build a wall, Timmy. Although you make the uh, Shirley Strap exception, right? Well, yeah, but she's not a real Canadian. Would you let Christy Lee in? Well, she's not. No, see, she's not Canadian, Timmy. She's from. She's a Kiwi too. Yeah, but I know. But she lives in Canada, right? Yep. Or no? Yeah, but she's not a real Canadian. Timmy. Oh, oh my see. gosh! Okay. 
we can sure, make an exemption for her. Okay. Anyway, uh, his dad, T.H. Coney's, uh, was an immigrant that owned a hardware store in Petersburg uh, with his wife. T.H. Coney was 76 years old at the time of his son's birth. His wife was 42 years old. What do you, th- what do you think about that, Brandy? Okay. Fuck it. Whatever. Well, he was a, he was older. He was. I wonder this before since, Viagra. It is pretty goddamn impressive. Well, look. I wonder if him being older, like if if when Theodore was born, he was like already an adult. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> you know what? Because of advanced ages. Hugh Hefner was. Yeah. You know, oh, maybe Th. Maybe maybe he had a he had a silk robe and a pipe. You think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was he was robbing the cradle. His wife was forty two years old when uh, she gave birth to. That ain't exactly robbing the cradle. She had half a penis herself <laughs> by forty two. <laughs> My God. You know the um, uh, middle aged women who, when we say that, Colonel, they get our listeners. They sometimes get upset when you say things like that. But I mean, you're just I know, staying, I know. You're, you know, biologic yeah. bi- biology isn't always pretty, Colonel. Oh my God. No, and and the truth isn't always pretty, Timmy. Right. The truth isn't pretty. Now, Theodore's life would be characterized by bad luck and poor health. What do you think about that, Brandy? I I I have no thoughts about it. We're just gonna keep reading. No thoughts. <laughs> when Theodore should we call him Teddy or Theodore? I'm gonna keep with Theodore. I, I think we'll call him Little Teddy. When uh, little Theodore tea. was. F- <laughs> When Theodore was five years old, his mother baked him a birthday cake. The happy event turned tragic, however, when Theodore's father, now 81 years old, had a stroke by helping his uh, son blow out his candles. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that would put a damper. (laughs) I hope he didn't fall face down into the cake. That would fuck up a He did. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Next line. Read ahead a little bit. <laughs> Theodore would later say it was the happiest time of his life, up to the point, up to the point his father <laughs> collapsed and fell into his cake. <laughs> yeah. That that I mean, I don't know. It's hard to overcome that. I mean, I guess you could maybe still eat it, but I don't. It well, if he didn't slobber in it, that's true. Yeah, if he had a. That's why I'm glad we got into that habit. Now, I just went to my, my little nep- great-nephew Jackson's birthday party. And thankfully, they have a uh, separate cake for the kids to blow out. Now, he's five, but they still like to, you know, shower the cake. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you know, and it's like, eh, I don't think I want a piece of that. Give me a corner piece, something far yeah, away from that's where you a, yeah. yeah, that's how you get the, that's how you get the covid it is. Well, not in 1882. So No, no, but he's right. talking about, I'm assuming Chuck's birthday party he's referring to was recently, right? Yes, yes. It was just this weekend, yes. And so, the little guy, Timmy, the little guy got a bunch of cash in cards, and he was wearing these white socks, and he pulled them up, and he had all the cash in his cards. And he, mm-hmm. he says to me, Uncle Chuck, uh, Uncle Chuck, I got $74 at home. Now, remember, he just turned five, and he did invite his girlfriend to the party. As one does. Um, a cute little girl named Hannah. So he's five. He has all $200 in his sock. And I said, Jackson, well, uh, 
I'm a little light this week. How about you let me hold 20 for about a week or so? And he just looked at me and said, no way, Uncle Chuck. <laughs> I said, you know what? Smart, That's always the answer you give, son. Always. That was a test for you, Jackson, and you, you passed it. I can't believe somebody invited you to a child's birthday party. Is this, uh, is this uh, Dominique's? Kid? Yeah. Um, no, this is her sister, Kurt, oh. or her sister Janie's little boy. Oh, uh, okay. Good Lord. How is Dom? I, we haven't heard from her in a while. I haven't heard from her myself, so I don't know. Dominique, call home. Yeah. All right, so TH's death, uh, the father's death, left the family destitute. His, her, his mother, uh, Theodore's mother, sold the hardware store and started washing people's clothes for a few pennies a week. That seems stupid. Don't sell the hardware store. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I mean, this is 1882. I don't know how much. Because, you know, for a long time. uh, Women couldn't own property, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, and women didn't know that much about hardware. Oh, my God. Back then. Well, I mean, they didn't. She probably knew how to milk a cow pretty good. It doesn't matter. Whip up some butter. But, I mean, we're going back. You ask her for an eight-penny nail, she don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. I'm just saying, times have changed. Women could competently run an entire Home Depot right now, but back in the 1880s, you know, women was a, there was a little more... Look, uh, it can't be that hard to do. Men do it all the time. They knew their place. They knew their place. Oh, they stayed off. in the kitchen. Sometime after the elder Coney's passed away in 1888... Mrs. Coney sold, uh, and her son moved to Denver, Colorado, where Theodore's mom eked out a meager living by darning socks. Do you darn socks often, Brandy? I, you know, I, no, I, I can't say that I do. I'm not yeah, a darner. I th- yeah, I throw away socks quite often. Oh, yeah. I don't darn them. There's no darning. Oh, goddamn them socks. Goddamn socks. <laughs> That's, I was thinking away, that, but too. But I don't darn them. Yeah. No, you go full on. Freaking socks. Now, and now, Theodore was a sickly and frail young boy growing up. Uh, actually, in his whole life, he was always sickly and frail. He was diagnosed. Uh, he was diagnosed with a weak heart and weak lungs. Doctors told Theodore's mother that he was in such poor health, uh, he was in such poor health due to the advanced age of his father. So after conducting a thorough exam of Theodore's heart, the doctor told Mrs. Conley Conley, that not to buy this one any ripe bananas because he's oh likely won't, he's likely won't be around very long. What? Uh, the he fuck? didn't have very good he didn't have very good bedside manner, did he? Brandon? What? Who the hell says that? <laughs> well, apparently Who the this doctor. Fuck? Yeah, was he a do real doctor? Do not buy this. Do not buy this one any ripe bananas because he won't be around much longer. Oh my god! <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Uh, with Theodore's poor prognosis, Mrs. Coney's uh, decided not to waste time sending him to school. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, she's got a point there, Colonel. I mean, if, you know, if he's, you know, if he has one, if he's not going to be around very long, right? right. Why, no sense in him 
mastering algebra or anything. Um, wait, but when the- wait, 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 wait. So before you get to this, I have to go run and do something real quick. So talk amongst yourselves for a second because I need to be here for this. I'm reading ahead and I need to be uh-huh. here, but I got to run in, into the back and do something. So talk okay. amongst yourselves. Okay, uh, Colonel, um, what is your thoughts of a podcast host who interrupts the podcast to go do something and um, really disregards the uh, enjoyment of our listeners? What's your thoughts on that, Colonel? Well, I think she it shows how little she really cares about the listeners, Timmy. It's, it's, uh, and I apologize for her insulting you like that. Um, it, you it, know, it's, it is, uh, it's disgraceful. And if, yeah, I would say if you want to go to our, uh, the, his, the fans of History Dreams Facebook page and post negative write things, write something really nasty. Yeah. 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 But, uh, we would support that, there. Colonel. We would not, uh, yeah. We would not condemn yeah, I, I that in any way. No. No, I, so, I think you, I mean, we should encourage you. You know, when she says she has to go do something, we know she's going to the other room to get a bottle. I mean, we all know what something has to do something means when it comes to Brandy. So yeah. she's obviously in there taking a swig of Ripple or whatever, you know, whatever uh, cheap wine she has on hand. Yeah. And, and doing... It's it's really a shame. Not only does she uh, just, you know, interrupt the podcast to go drink, but she makes time. she tells us not to continue. I mean, how inconsiderate is that, Colonel? Well, it's pretty damn rude. It's pretty damn. Rude. I'm back. Welcome back, Brandy. Okay. We're glad you. you're glad you're back. Well, uh, so let's can we continue with the story now, or That'd be great. would you? If we okay. could do that, I'm so excited for this next part. So with uh, Theodore's poor prognosis, remember, you know, like at 45 minutes ago, we were talking about how oh sick God. he was. Uh, with his poor prognosis, Mrs. Coney's decided not to waste time sending him to school. Uh, <laughs> when, when Theodore would tell his mom he wanted to go to school like the other children, she would say no and tell the little boy, just play, <laughs> just, play, just, just play in the corner. You don't need to go to school. Jesus will be coming for you soon enough. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. It's like he's got Joan Crawford for a mother. <laughs> oh my God! Exactly. It gets better. I mean, for all I the mean, listeners, this gets better. Mrs. Coney. Uh, refused to buy a Theodore Christmas gifts, telling the boy, Santa, <laughs> I even hate <laughs> saying this myself, Santa doesn't bring toys to little boys who are going to die. Yes. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and sometimes s- you're just bad, Timmy. And still not yeah. my favorite from Mrs. Coney, Coney's okay. or whatever her name is. Still not my favorite. Keep going. Yeah. All right. A neighbor took pity on the sickly young lad and taught him how to play the violin. He told Theodore if he practiced every day, he would give Theodore one of his old violins for his birthday. He would visit, uh, his, uh, Theodore would visit his neighbor every day for lessons, and he would help out the old man around his farm. That seems fair enough. <laughs> 
I mean, the neighbor's but, taking pity on the guy. Well, his mother didn't like it. She complained about his playing the violin and would tell Theodore, you don't need to learn the vi- how to play the violin. <laughs> <laughs> you need to learn how to play the harp since you will be in heaven soon. And there it is. <laughs> mother of the year right there. Yeah. Thank you. On another much. on another occasion, his mother told Theodora the neighbor didn't really like him. He would probably just wanted to molest him. So, who amongst us has not said that to our children? <laughs> <laughs> he just um, wanted to bang him. Just yeah. making him aware of stranger danger, Brandy. Well, he would have learned that in school if she'd have let him go. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that would that's for kids who are going to live. Those are for kids who are going to live. Yes, that's true. Yes, yeah, so his mother's real sweetheart. The uh-huh. neighborhood, uh, the neighbor died not long after Theodore's, uh, not long before Theodore's Theodore's birthday. The, so you know that's when he was supposed to get the violin, right? The death of his neighbor and friend broke Theodore's heart. He would later say the neighbor was the only person he ever met who had been kind to him. Now, while the neighbor's family settled the old man's estate, uh, one of his nephews remembered his uncle's promise to the boy and brought uh, one of his uncle's old violins to Theodore. Uh, Of course, Theodore was overjoyed with that. Uh, Theodore practiced uh, practiced on the old violin every day until he became a master. He would later master other musical instruments, such as the banjo and mandolin. 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 Close. Theodore Theodore dreamed of becoming a famous violinist. However, with his mother's death in 1893, so he outlived mom, he became orphan at age 11. Having no source of income, young Theodore... Because he was 11. There was no, really, not a lot of supportive... Yeah, but this was back before child labor laws. He could have gone out and got a job. He could have worked at the factory. He could have worked at the... Yeah, yeah, he could have worked at the cartridge factory. That's right, making, you know, bullets or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Little fingers Uh, so good buttons. That's what I tell my children. Having no source of income, uh, Theodore became... A homeless youth. Uh, his daily his daily meals were scrounged up by sorting through trash cans. He would sometimes earn a few pennies a week by playing his old violin on the street corner. So he would later he, got that, yeah. he would later steal Chuck's car and <laughs> go on a yeah and go on a shooting spree. But go ahead. Throughout this period, Theodore remained in frail health, often throwing up blood. That is frail he took, health. He took odd yeah. jobs and eventually became a door-to-door salesman. Housewives would take pity on him and often give him milk and cookies. Aww. These were often the only uh, meals that Theodore right. would have. While in customers' homes, uh, Theodore would marvel at the material wealth that was unavailable to him. What he would hmm. just... What he would just uh, give to just have a roof over his head. He thought he began to resent his job as a salesman 
and his customers who seemed to have all that he lacked. The year was 1899, Brandy, and Philip Peters had just started his career at the railroad office. He and his bride had purchased a new bungalow on a quiet street in Denver's north side. There was music coming from this little house on this day. A slender youth paused to peer through the curtains of the parlor window. He carried a mandolin and he hur uh, hurried in a hurried excursion from the streetcar had made him cough. Several couples were busy uh, strumming uh, the strings of the mandolin. The watching youth knew they were waiting for him to show up to twitch his gay cords. How do you like that turn of phrase, Carl? Twitch his gay That's cords. Gay cords. As, Hit your little gay cords. As oh he God. could, as he could do so well. The mandolin was in full swing, uh, waiting for a metro or the Wait, mastro, maestro, <laughs> master, maestro, maestro, to show up. Oh my God! For the so he was teaching people how he was earning money by being a, teaching them the violin. Well, no, he wasn't because he was teaching them for free. Oh well, he was doing a n nice thing then. Oh, the, ma uh, the maestro was seventeen-year-old Theodore Coney's. Although he was still dirt poor and in ill health, uh, Theodore had gained a reputation for his musical talents. People would come from miles around to hear the homeless man play his instruments. Theodore gave free music lessons to poor children and orphans, which enhanced his reputation. Physicians from Illinois to Colorado had told Theodore uh, his hopes, uh, he had perhaps, I'm sorry, let me back up. Uh, physicians from Illinois to Colorado had told Theodore his hopes of seeing 18 were pre, uh, pre, practically nil. He was still resentful of those who had good health and money. Considered, uh, consider the anger that Theodore Coney's had in his heart by this time, it's odd that he accepted Philip Peters' offer of friendship. Philip Peters had everything Theodore Coney's did not have. Money, health, a beautiful bride, and now a lovely home. However, when Philip Peters invited Theodore for dinner after hearing him play music on the street corner near his home, Theodore eagerly accepted. Well, I mean, he's going to get a free meal out of it. You can't, yeah, but who can't invites a homeless guy to their house for a meal? Well, Philip Philip Peters, apparently. Well, Philip Peters should have given him ten bucks. Told him to go to a McDonald's. As it uh, looked, as he looked through the window, he saw Peters. Uh, uh, he saw that Peters lived in a beautifully stately home. Theodore stepped upon the porch. He stopped and rang on the porch. The, yeah, he stopped on the porch. And rang the bell. So, there were many nights in the autumn of 1899 when the ailing youth was, sorry, with, when the ailing youth with long slender fingers 
and feverish eyes was the only guest. When the Peters had asked him to dine with him and his beautiful young wife. Theodore told the couple that he'd not finished high school, understatement, and that his mother died when he was 11 and how he was probably going to die soon too. Theodore told them about his boyhood in Illinois and how his father died when he was an infant. Well, that's not right. They He died blowing out his birthday candles. Yeah, when he was five years old. Yeah, yeah so this kid doesn't even know the truth. To- toddler, I guess. Uh, he talked about wanting to swing a bat and play ball, but it was bad for his heart. How he hated people for staring and laughing at him, and that he wanted to live off by himself where he couldn't hear people mock him. Several years later, I mean, we all want to live that way. Yeah, we all want to be away from it. Uh, several years later, mm-hmm, on a snowy evening, when Phil Peters was leaving work, he brushed shoulders with a shabby, slender figure. It was the youth, he told Phil. It was the youth? Oh, it was, okay, so the it ute. was, yeah, it was the ute. Um, he told Phil how he had fallen on hard times and had not eaten for several days. Peters again invited Theodore to dinner and offered him a little money to help him get by. Yeah, so Peter sounds like a nice He's Phil Yeah, he's like a, a nice decent guy. human being. The next time Philip Peters saw the one-time minstrel was in the spring of 1912. He said he was still mourning his mother's death, oh, for fuck's sake, and that he just kept on living and didn't know what to do. He never told him about the time he sought to get into the army and was laughed at. He never talked about being a frail hobo. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it, it's not only it's sad enough being a hobo, but what a you frail know, it's hobo. sad enough. Yeah, sad enough being a you know rotund frail hobo ain't gonna yeah. work. Oh out my god! So he never talked about being a frail hobo coughing out his lungs in a jungle under a bridge in California or of the flop house and shadows where he stayed. The years came and went for the once maestro who drifted from state to state and even tried to come back as a salesman in New York but had given up and returned to Denver in September of 1941. Yeah, so this is what? 30 years after he left Denver? 42 years after he first met Philip Peters. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A neighbor had been preparing dinners at her house for Phil Peters since his wife had broken her hip two weeks before and was in the hospital. But this October 1941 night, he'd not shown up. The neighbor knew he'd not been doing well with his wife gone and went to see if he was all right. But no one came to the door when she rang the bell and the house was dark. She gathered a group of her neighbors and they returned to the Peters' house. They tried all the doors, but they were locked as well as the window screens. A girl found one screen loose and pried the window open and climbed inside. She entered the dark house, and then they heard her shrill screams. Philip Peters, the kindly, now 73-year-old retired railroad auditor, was found murdered in the bungalow where he and his wife had lived for half a century. It was not a street for murder, or any crime for that matter. It was a quiet and peaceful neighborhood. It was actually one of the safest in Denver. When the police arrived, they discovered his body in the downstairs bedroom. He was bloody, half-dressed, barefoot, and had been beaten and beaten long after he was dead, with more than a dozen wounds in his skull. Phil probably never knew what hit him, or who hit him. They found his watch and money lying on the dresser, which ruled out a robbery as a motive. The front door was locked with a key and further secured with a chain, which could only have been done from inside the home, and the back door was locked as well. They found two cast iron shakers in the kitchen, one with lots of dust collected on it and the other newly cleaned, as well as a damp towel with blood stains on it. Now he's covering up his shit well. Uh, The police believed the killer to be a giant in size and blood crazy. Blood he, crazy, girl. Uh-huh. Blood crazy. He's, I didn't know that was the technical term, but... Uh, yeah. And he or she had vanished without a trace. It she, wasn't ruling out a woman. That's that's very uh Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. January of 1942 was bitter cold with temperatures below zero for several days. A group of children hurried by the bungalow and reported seeing a light inside the empty house and one neighbor reported she'd seen a ghost face inside the shadowy window. The neighborhood gossip said that the house was full of haunts. But once Mrs. Peters full recovered... Of well, right. But once Mrs. Peters recovered, she decided to return to the little house that had been her home for 50 years. One night, something startled her, and she fell and refractured her thigh or her hip. Ugh. Whatever. Good God. She didn't want to go back to the hospital, so a nurse was her constant companion. Then one night, the nurse reported that there were goings-on inside the walls and rattling noises. An investigation disclosed nothing, but a few days later she reported seeing a spook on the back stairs that chattered its teeth at her. Yeah, I didn't uh, include this in the script, but she would they they would hear violin music in the middle of the night coming from the walls. <laughs> Jesus, I guess Christ. that would 
freak you out a little bit. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't a kid because he didn't have time to learn the violin because <laughs> oh, he was going to die. Right. Uh, she immediately resigned, and a caring neighbor stepped in to take care of Mrs. Peters. Several days later, the neighbor believed she heard a mysterious noise and without turning on the light, hurried to the kitchen to investigate, where she saw a ghost at the front of the stairs. She told investigators it was a filthy, wraith-like thing that vanished when she screamed, and she didn't know where it went. The police decided to keep a watch on the house, and at the insistence of relatives, Miss Peters went to live with her son in western Colorado. I think that's a good move. Probably, yeah. <laughs> So it's now July of 1942, uh, and two men from the Denver Police Department were stationed on a lookout across the street from the home. The sun was getting low as the postman came down the street making his deliveries. The men had been watching him when one of them caught a fleeting glimpse of a hobgoblin face momentarily. Hobgoblin? Oh my gosh, there's just a lot happening here. A hobgoblin face momentarily uh, in the space between the curtains of the bungalow. Aperture? Is that what we're going for there? Yeah, that's fine. I don't even know what a hobgoblin looks like. Well, I mean, it clearly looks like old boy here. What's his name? The guy we're talking about. Theodore, thank you. Evidently, it looks like Theodore. And first of all, how is that your immediate go-to? Like, it was a hobgoblin. (laughs) How is that your go-to? I think they're spooked. Maybe. Uh, So he, so the guy who sees the hobgoblin uh, elbowed the other man, and he too caught the movement in the window and and experienced a little chill at the nape of his neck and in the the guts. A little silly, he thought. But ghosts have a way of doing that to you. And apparently, the figure at the window was also watching the postman. Oh, maybe looking for his uh, income tax return. Or a social security check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, two policemen took off across the street as one was blowing the whistle between his teeth for assistance. What the fuck? Assistance from who? I mean, there's two of them. What's he blowing his whistle about? Well, at least to, is that where they're so going to hear him? Up. Are they going to hear him at well, the police station? I'm, if you have, if you were staking out a place and you saw a hobgoblin, wouldn't you blow your whistle? Well, no. If you're trying to catch him, you don't blow the goddamn whistle. <laughs> Good God! They had, they had different police tactics. But who's coming to help them? Who are they trying to get? <laughs> Neighbors? <laughs> Fuck! Whatever. Fucking whistle tooting motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Can't sneak up on shit. Uh, The face at the window had vanished as their shoulders hit the door and it collapsed inward. Well, probably because he was blowing a whistle. That's probably why the face. I know. Yeah. 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 I'm sure the whistle had everything to do with it. Fucking whistle. You don't whistle at a hobgoblin. Everybody knows that. It just makes them stronger. I I think we should have those T-shirts uh, printed up for. Don't whistle at a hobgoblin. Don't whistle at a hobgoblin. Yeah, everybody knows that. It's going to be right. trending now. Oh, definitely. So they, so they they bust through this door of this little old lady's house, and 
what they see is that the furniture is swathed in sheets. There's old magazines laying on the table. And above the piano, a late 90s portrait was displayed. A frail, sickly-looking youth in a turtleneck sweater sat in the foreground holding a mandolin. So that takes a lot of nerve moving it, to move in someone's house and then put right. your portrait <laughs> up in the living room. Right. So the two men began to search the lower level. The rooms reeked with a strange animal smell. More men were arriving as the two headed up the stairs. Oh, because of the whistle. Sure. Just in time to see a closet door swinging shut across the room. As one of the men opened the closet, he saw two bare feet kicking violently. (laughs) Above the feet, oh my fucking God. Above the feet were the lower ends of what appeared to be the most ragged pair of trousers in the world. So, nasty feet, ragged ass trousers. that little Oliver Twist tossed in the closet there. And, and a hobgoblin face. Well, he's just trying. And a hobgoblin face. And he's trying to get back to Narnia, evidently, going in the closet. <laughs> All right. So the cop, fucking hell, the cop makes a flying grab for the pants leg. But, of course, because it was the most tattered pair of trousers in the world, <laughs> they ripped off in his hand. He grabbed one... He probably just wanted to molest him. Probably. <laughs> probably. Why arrest him? You know, no sense arresting him because... He's just going to die too. He's just going to die soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so he's grabbed for the trousers. The trousers rip off in his hand. So then he grabbed one dangling foot with both hands and hung on. The closet was so small that no one else could help him. He gave a hearty wrench at the ankle... And it touched off a ghostly yell of pain in the attic above the closet. I bet it did. Pull my fucking leg off. Oh, my God. So, five minutes later, a scarecrow of a man, his clothing in tatters and insufferably filthy, which was, by the way, the animal smell, his feet bare and his hair a... Evidently, his hair is just a hot fucking mess of shit. Well, keep in mind, he's, you know, he's more aged. Right. But he lay outstretched on the bedroom floor. He was unconscious. He had fainted at the struggling officer in the closet. Wait a minute. He'd fainted as the struggling officer in the closet had withdrawn him from the hole in the ceiling. Motherfucker passed (laughs) out. Get out of here. He got the vapors. Now he gets the vapors. (laughs) Must have been feeling Or he just... He just passed out from the smell of his own stench. <laughs> Fucking nasty bastard. Yeah, that could be. They had showers there. Why didn't he use one? Doesn't make any <laughs> goddamn sense. So the police captain ordered them to get a doctor and an ambulance as the man was barely alive because his mother told him that everyone wanted to molest him and he was going to die. So he's just hanging on. And he looked like he was starved. Because only I, I, I only would only that say that eat. eventually, eventually his mother would be right. Yeah, I mean, you know, because only kids who are going to live need to eat. <laughs> it was, oh my god, this just. So let me let me also state that I'm fairly certain, like if I'm going to squat in a house, 
Like, so, you know, the house is still functional. So, I mean, like, right. the old broad is just staying with her fucking family until her femur or whatever it is. I, I want to know how he got a portrait of himself. <laughs> That's what, That's I what I'm screaming. Well, I'm sure somebody took one. But the thing is, you know, okay, I could stay in a house for months and nobody ever know I was there because I'm not over there playing peeping Tom with the windows <laughs> and shit. I want to see what the mailman passed. Why? <laughs> Why? What do you care? Do you think you're getting mail? Are you waiting for, you're right. Are you waiting for your tax return to come? <laughs> Why are you, you know, why are you there? I mean, you're telling me this motherfucker, the whole time he's been in this house for months, can't go over and just like take a shower or sleep in a bed? Fuck off this guy. I think, I think what we're, you know, what I'm trying to get to here is he hasn't, he doesn't really make the best decisions. Well, I mean, nobody taught him to make good decisions because he was going to die anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, so anyway, so... This fucking weak ass bitch fucking passes out as the officer is pulling him out of the closet. Well, he's starving. Fuck this guy. Um, so, so the guy looks like he's been starving. So they, you know, get a get an ambulance. They get a ambulance and a doctor. And there was a hole, not quite three inches, the size of a, not quite three times. Sorry, it was a hole. Not quite three times the size of a cigar box lid. That's pretty small. When one of the men attempted to get himself through, he found that the hole was not big enough. Well, probably because he's eaten a meal, and the room in the attic was but a few sizes larger than a coffin. He had plenty of fucking room. (laughs) Fuck this guy. Well, I don't know. He slept. He slept. Uh, you know, hunched over, hugging his knees. Well, that like seems knees. stupid. Again, he could have been down in a bed. Ba- it's basically the fetal position that we all sleep in. Sure, Jimmy. sure. Yes. Yeah. But again, and I can't stress this enough, he could have slept in one of the motherfucking beds or the couch. So, I mean, he well, did this to he himself. Didn't want to, Fuck this guy. He didn't want to impose. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just because he killed the old man so he could live there rent-free. Fuck this <laughs> yeah, guy. Bro. So, a small, of course it did, a small incandescent bulb hung from a wire in the rafters. Of course it did. And an overpowering animal stench in the air, which would be what? His nasty ass. <laughs> I don't know that you no, can well, air that, that would out. Be nasty Could ass. you even air that out enough to sell it? And this, I think uh, you probably could. And this dumb bastard, and I can't stress this enough, he made a bed of an old ironing board. Tattered magazines lay amongst the bedding, and in the cubicle hung festoons of spider webs. Ew. What the fuck? On the couch. You could look at your picture that you've got going on down there. I mean, so many motherfucking things, and you choose to sleep up in a cold or hot ass attic. On an ironing board with spiders. He's really not making great choices all the way around. So once this dipshit had regained consciousness, he was taken to police headquarters. There, the frail, starving man told his story as he was plied with food. So this motherfucker sings like a canary for some red (laughs) vines. Yeah. (laughs) 
give him a burger and it's all yours. Um, oh, so, and this is, you know, Theodore obviously is not taking responsibility for anything because he's told them that everything would have been all right and Phil Peters would have been alive today if he hadn't caught me robbing the icebox. Yeah, that's on him, Colonel. So that is on him. Phil gets that's up. On, I mean, that's Phil and catches fucktard fucking in the icebox, and it was him or me. I thought yeah, I he had he was... gone out, but he was taking a nap. You know who hasn't? <laughs> now who hasn't gotten down to that last Klondike bar? What would you do? And for hit a the refrigerator bar? at the same di- same time. You know what I mean? And yeah. you look. And you know that it's them or you. you know? I, well, I mean, we, you just know. It's that showdown. It's like Gary Cooper at high noon. But clearly you know? we open know. The freezer door. Clearly we know what he would do for a Klondike bar. <laughs> well, he'd do a lot. <laughs> I mean, my God. So this poor guy was taking a nap. And Theo here decides to go down and raid the icebox. And... <sighs> Whatever. So, uh, Theo says, I hit him with the stove shaker when he tried to run for help. I don't know if he recognized me. It was, it wouldn't matter if he's dead. uh, Well, right. Yeah. It, uh, it was nearly 30 years since he'd seen me last. When it was over, I ran to the attic after I washed and dried the shaker, but not your funky ass. I was sitting on the trap door when you were pounding on it from below the night you found him. Theodore continued. I was in the neighborhood in September 1941 and found the house unlocked and no one home. I went in and stole some food. I was in bad shape. My lungs were giving me a lot of trouble and I was at the end of my rope. Fall was coming and I couldn't face another winter on the road. I had to have a place to say, to stay. I didn't know Miss Peters was in the hospital, and I found the hole in the closet, climbed through, and slept and slept. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Not a bad yeah. arrangement. Oh my God. Whenever Theodore heard Peters downstairs, he kept really still. Then he got bolder and used to shadow Peters from room to room. It was sort of a game, and it gave him a bit of a thrill. So he was like a stalker at this point. Like a weird fucking whatever. It was the first time in his life he'd ever had anyone, he'd ever had anyone at him at his mercy. At- but he didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to hurt him, but he caught him in the icebox. It was a miserable hot. It was miserable hot in the summer, and his feet froze in the dead of winter in the attic. But it was all part of the price he was willing to pay. Motherfucker but if he's sneaking there, around, why couldn't he steal some of the bastard's socks and shoes? Never. Well, and never mind the fact that I can't decide how long he was up there. Motherfucker was up there for two seasons, three seasons. <laughs> Get a blanket, motherfucker. Right. It's not like he was. He wasn't a thief. He just wanted shelter. Well, but it was all part of the price he was willing to pay. And Theodore explained to the police, "I can't tell you why I stuck it out." I guess it was mostly because it was a world all my own. So he was shooting for Narnia. I used to go down and look out the window and watch the postman come by. Hold on. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) 
So he's out watching the postman. Nobody had written to me in 25 years because you don't have an address. Whenever yeah. I saw people on the street. And, and really, why would you write him? He's going to die anyway. He's going to die anyway. Right. Well, I ain't going to waste a stamp on that motherfucker. It's going to take him four days to get there. He's going to be dead by then. Well, and here's the thing. In this part, in this last sentence, I kind of feel him. It says, whenever I saw people on the street, I hated them and would just go back to my attic. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I, I don't live in an attic. I feel your pain. I go to the basement. I go to my little bunker. Yeah. Every time I come out, I see the world, and I think, you sons of bitches, Fuck and then I people. just go back down. That's, yeah. uh, that's me every time I go on social media. I mean, it's just a cesspool. <laughs> it's really it's cesspool. It really is. Oh, my God. Well, you know, this pallid little 5'10", 137-pound man, now well past 60. Oh, my God. He could have had those goddamn bananas. He could have had the bananas. He should have gone to school. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. He sat in a spacious uh, room on the sunny side of this forbidden building, Timmy. That's not pretty. Kept warm. Forbidding. Now, there was a high wall outside. A wall, which men with guns walked. Now he's getting three hot at cot. the windows. Thought of this before. There were hundreds of books, and his feet weren't so goddamn cold. I betcha. Hundreds of books on the shelves around him. He was clean, his hair cut, and he'd put on some weight. The room at the library at the Cannon City Penitentiary. Man, he has the a good long, now. thin, spidery fingers that once plucked the strings of a mandolin was the prison library. And I bet you he's happier than a pig in shit. God damn he is. He ain't all curled up in the fetal position. Nope, he can stretch out. Uh, he's he can got stretch socks. out on he his cot. Yeah. Now, there was no hurry as he leisurely reached for books while serving his life sentence. He was in his new jungle, safe from the onslaught of the world he hated. Uh-huh. Local newspapers dubbed him Dimba Spider-Man of Moncrief Place. Denver Spider-Man. Do you know the song, Devil? Denver Spider-Man? Spider-Man. I do know the Spider-Man, Spider-Man song, yes. Does whatever spider can. Most people know the first verse, but let's get to the second verse. I don't verse. want to. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Wow. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Who's I mean, your favorite superhero, Colonel? My favorite superhero, I'd have to say Batman, because he got all the poontang, Timmy. You know he did. Yeah, I don't know. I think because he was, Spider-Man... I think, he, I think he was banging Alfred. No, don't he do that. He might have been. Do not sully but Alfred's good name. He could have been, but you know, Alfred was devoted. Alfred was devoted. Yeah, he was oh. devoted. Yeah, once again, now, Master on, Wayne calling... Because yeah. he always called him Master Wayne. You ever noticed that? Yeah, they have never called him Mister Wayne. It was always Master Wayne. Yes, and sometimes he'd you guys. he'd slip and call him Bruce, and and Batman or you know no. Bruce Wayne would Why? just bitch slap Alfred right across the side of the head. Why? And Stop he'd fall it. down. He'd get up and he'd say, "I always thought sorry, Robin sir. and Batgirl should get together, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he would be interested in her." Oh I like God. Catwoman. Catwoman's pretty hot. Yeah. Which Catwoman? Yeah, I mean, old Alfred just spread out Eagle with a ball gag and <laughs> then Bruce me? Wayne <laughs> unlocking him. 
and okay. then saying, "Make me breakfast, goddammit. it!" Okay, first of all, <laughs> whacking him on the butt real good. Which and really, was there a need for them to slide down that pole? I mean, really, couldn't they just walk down the stairs? I Wait, mean, it wasn't like it. Which Catwoman? Uh, I don't know the Catwoman from the original show. I say, I've seen Barry. the movies. Oh, hi, Bailey. Yeah. Oh, who was no, it? I, I, I was thinking of the original Julie show Newmar? Like in the 60s. Like Julie Newmar? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Who I always felt original? that she was older than Batgirl. I think it is Julie. Think? Oh, no, no. Uh, Eartha Kitt is the original. Eartha Kitt, yeah. Wow. Well, anyway. They named she him was that after police think, detective. <laughs> yeah, like the devil. At police detective Fred Zarno remarked, a man would have to be a spider to stand up that long. I don't get that because spiders... No, wait they, a minute. A man would have to be a spider to stand it long. To stand it oh, long, long up there. Oh, long up there. Okay. Yeah. Now I got it. There now it is. I got you. All okay. right. My dyslexia kicked in. Sure there. did. But you know what? Here's the thing, devil. Have you ever, you ever caught a spider sleeping? I never thought about it. So I don't stalk spiders yeah, no. that much. Do spiders ever sleep? Spiders are like rust. Well, Neil got, Young wrote a song about them. Don't they have a bunch spiders of spiders never sleep? Don't they have a bunch You're of still eyes? Neil I think young, they do. Colonel. Maybe maybe they sleep with half the eyes. Exactly. Can you give us a little Neil Young, Colonel? No. No. Oh man, take a look at my life. Why? I'm a lot like you. Oh my were. God. Well. Yeah, I am a lot like he is now. I'm I just saw, like he is. I saw like uh, Neil Young back in the 80s with uh, crazy Horse. Shocking Pinks. No, it wasn't Crazy Horse. I wish it was. It was a sh- remember that sh- when he was with the Shocking Pinks, girl? Yeah. I was. Uh, I saw him with Crazy Horse a couple times. Yeah, that must have been a good mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. No. Well, anyway, he was tried and convicted for the murder of his lifelong friend, Peter Philip Peters. Theodore, he got life without parole. But why now, did Theodore he parole? Edward he's not going to live anywhere any, long anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have so sentenced him to six months. Uh, he so anyway he he had found his place. He entered the prison, and in forty two lived twenty five more years. Timmy, Jeez. and the doctor, the man who doctors gave little chance of surviving his first birthday, was eighty five years old. Was at a prison birthday party for somebody else <laughs> and uh, went to blow out the candles, shit himself, and drop face down in the cake, Timmy. Perfect. So he, so he lived to be 85. Yeah. So lived he, to be 85 so years old. he could have had the bananas. Ripe, unripe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he probably should have learned to read and write. Yeah, probably. As well, it turns out. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. I don't know, you know, back in the day, but. People were always remember when uh, John McCain ran for president. People were talking about his health, and he had the melanoma. And yeah, he ended up living like what ten, twelve years after mm, that. Yeah, he he could run. He could have been two terms. Yeah. He could have had the bananas Almost too. Three. Yeah. Two and a half anyway. Well, anyway, Timmy. So, Devil, tell me your thoughts on the Spider Man. Well. You know, like many of the people that we cover, he really didn't have a chance in life. I mean, when your mother is saying, you know, you need to learn to play the harp because you're going to heaven soon. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you recover from that. 
Well, do you think she well, did it in a uh, caring and supportive way? Or? You know, I thought about that, and um, I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> because it really appeared that she didn't like him very much. So, and and as it turns out, he was a dick anyway. But, I mean. But as it but turned out, could have had the banana. She was right. She he was right. Die. He did. He did. Without learning to play the harp. So I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> Colonel, what's your final thoughts on the Spider-Man? Well, I'm glad he finally came out of the closet, Timmy. <laughs> nice. And just could live his best life in prison. Well, you know. You know, I mean. Somebody grabbed his ankle and he passed out. I can't even with this guy. He was. He seemed like he liked. He would have even enjoyed solitary confinement. That was probably his. Probably he just wants to be warm and fed. Yeah, he probably could have. Yeah, I just. All right. So that's. I feel sorry for the man. Well, here's the thing. He, he's just a sad man. But again, I I can't stress this enough. The man beats a guy to death, and I mean beats him quite a bit. After he's dead, there's all these injuries, so he's beat the shit out of this guy. But a policeman grabs his ankle as he's trying to escape up into the closet, and he passes out. Well, you he's know, his story psycho. reminds me of it reminds me of that. Remember Otto in the attic? That story we did where the woman had her lover in it. Oh <laughs> in yeah, attic. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, that um, was true, true love, Timmy. We would like to thank all of you who uh, support this podcast on Patreon. It allows us to bring you quality uh, episodes such as this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really well, I do. I will start thanking him. Yeah. I will thank them personally right now, Timmy. All right. Well, thank him, Colonel. But let me just say, if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs, all one word, History, uh, uh, patreon.com slash history dweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. Or just a wee little bit, Timmy. Just All right, Colonel, hit me. All right, well, let's see, Timmy. We've got uh, Emily, Alan Cox, Aaron Kunkamola, Rachel Goss, Anna Kaufman, Shelby Pelegi, Robert Benefiel, Gina Green, Andrea, Luis Sedones, Tessie. Poor, Alacron Poor, Buffy, obviously the vampires are there, Daniel Townsend, Marianne Wright. I'm sorry, Timmy, that's Marianne Knight. You got really tiny font here. The Already Gone Podcast, and you know what bugs me more than anything else, Timmy? You know the one thing I had in my car, Timmy? What? I had had two pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses in my car, Timmy. Do you know what they took? What? My already gone podcast cup. Oh man, rat fuckers! Yeah, that's some bullshit right there. Yeah, already, already put in a claim to Nina, and she said she would. Uh, she said I was well, I to hope get she one in the first sh- place, I and I ain't getting I hope another one. she checks her records. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, so Amber Anderson, Ben, Big Ben, out in Denver. Hey Go Ben, we're bitch. thinking of you, buddy. Yep. The Bloody Murder Podcast, Bridget Bernard, Cassie Kitchens, Kelly Jones, Christy Lee, and Canadian True Crime, Carl Asplin, Cheryl LeBlanc, Clark and Diane Trowbridge. I'd like to give a shout out to Clark. He is fencing in his cattle. He's going to be putting up four miles of fence, Timmy. 
Four he's going to get one of those. He'll be wearing one of those 10-gallon hats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. just I, I talked to him the other day. And, uh, he said yeah, he I've been going know. back and forth with him on Messenger here. Lately, yeah. Catching up he's with a good guy. How he's doing. Clark's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, he is. And they listen to the show, Diane. You know, you can't say by really any stretch of Clark's normal because, you know, he's friends with me and, you know, I don't. But Diane, she's very normal and she listens she to is. the show. So and Erica hopefully Kinney, we'll see them at DweebCon if cannot we're able to wait to see them. Aaron Turner, Marsha Boris, Jay Cleveland Payne, Jamie Dent, Hyro, Jason Dykes, Jeff and Don Chestnut, Jennifer Orcutt, Jennifer Svoda, Jess, Kelly Shrek, Kim Stroop, Christine Malachinsky, Laura O'Reilly, Marsha Boris. Let's see, Timmy. Marie, Mary Shelton, Michelle Johns, Paula Kimes, Sarah Bloom. Sue Van Hook, Shannon Arnold, Shirley Strap. You know we miss you, Shirley. Stephen Potts, Terry Strafford. They Walk Among Us podcast, as you said, just came out with a new season. Tyrone, Todd Long, Tommy Lane, and Tracy Smith. Timmy? We so appreciate We appreciate your support. all you do for us. Yes, and... We, we are hopeful to have DweebCon this year uh, as long as it's safe, and we'll make a decision it's about that. It's safe, Timmy. <laughs> well, I mean, right. But I mean uh, uh, that it's safe regarding um, COVID. And if we're, uh, we're going to talk about it soon and make a decision, but we hope uh, that we're able to move forward with it and to see all our wonderful listeners. We absolutely hope so. So. Uh, any final thought, Brandy, before we say so long? Nope. No final thoughts. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, Have everyone. A day. And we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.